Welcome to Small Biz Tips with My Connections with your host, Julbert Abraham, where he invites successful six-figure or seven-figure entrepreneurs on the show to share their journey, their failure, their lessons, and tips that can help and inspire up-and-coming entrepreneurs. This episode is brought to you by the LinkedIn Online Accelerator Bundle. If you are on LinkedIn and you know your clients are on there, you've been trying so hard, connecting with them, posting, and it has not been working, this program is for you. This is an online course that will teach you step-by-step on how to make LinkedIn work for you, where you can turn your connections into actual clients. If you're looking to grow your business from five figures to multiple six figures, take advantage of the LinkedIn Accelerator Bundle. Go to abrahamglobal.com forward slash fire, F-I-R-E, abrahamglobal.com forward slash fire, F-I-R-E to take advantage of this special offer just for our listeners. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Tips. Today, I am here with a good friend of mine, John. What's going on? Hey, Joel. We're excited to be here. Love the show and uh, looking forward to our conversation. Fantastic. All right, guys. If you guys don't know this, John is the franchise guy. He is the guy you need to know when you're thinking about franchising. And we're going to have a really deep conversation today about all the ins and outs of franchise, because I think that's a topic a lot of people don't talk much about. And as entrepreneurs, we definitely got to know about this. So with that said, John, before we jump into the franchise, tell us more about you. How'd you get into this? Yeah. You know, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be in franchising. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> No, like, like so many, got out of college, did, I was in consulting, got to do some mm-hmm. neat things internationally. And, uh, you know, I kind of had that traditional career path of, hey, some doors opened up other doors. And uh, you know, long story short, post-grad school, found myself in a you know, Fortune 1000 company, nice. moving, moving up the ladder, had a great run, can't say enough good things about the company. But like so many, I got to that point where I had that you know, desire to get out of the public company's arena and do something a little more private and... Um, you know, for me, I didn't jump right into business ownership. It was more mm-hmm. of a sidestep. And, you know, I was looking at different portfolio companies, a private equity firms out there here in Atlanta, trying to figure out where my place was and where I'd fit in. And, um, you know, I think it's a journey that a lot of people are on in their mid thirties think about, you know, yeah. <laughs> early. they're on that journey oftentimes across the board, <laughs> but for me, it was in my mid thirties. And um, I was fortunate to step into uh, a role with Shelf Genie franchise system. It's custom shelving for your kitchens and pantries. Yeah. Um, had, had the opportunity to serve as, as their president. Uh, they were an Inc. 500 company. We had some very fast growth. Congrats. And uh, got to serve you know, all these small business owners, franchisees across the country and across North America, uh, leading the marketing teams and the call center and the technology, and uh, really fell in love with franchising. And uh, long story short, ended up partnering with the founder. We spun off as our own business mm. of all these services teams serving shelf genie but also serving one-on-one mobility and luxury bath and other franchise nice. systems and i had this vision that if we have the marketing you know making the phone ring and we have the call center picking up the phone and booking yeah. it's this beautiful model and it was and people liked it but they weren't willing to pay for it and so i huh. had i, I it was my 40th birthday weekend a couple of years ago i was up in washington dc exhibiting uh for the business and I just had three proposals come back 
from clients saying they wanted to jump on board large franchise systems, but they weren't able to get to the prices that we needed to pay for the customization. Mm -hmm. And so I saw the writing on the wall and I made a tough call and chose that, hey, this model that I thought was there is not from a profitability mm. standpoint, I've got to wind this down. And so didn't have some big sexy exit or anything like that. It was really over 30 days going oh. to that, busting my butt, finding homes for our employees, finding homes for our clients. We had about 45 employees at the time. Wow. And, uh, you know, really proud of how we wound it down, but it was a huge lesson to me on, you know, sometimes you think the model is there and it's not. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's part of part of my story as to why I love franchising, because, you know, it's, it's not totally risk free, but at the same time, it's, it's a model that's been proven out. We know what people are willing to pay in most markets for it. And, um, and so I, I love the role that I'm in now. I'm a multi-brand franchise owner, primarily. Congrats. Property That's services. huge. <laughs> a lot yeah. of people don't own franchise and still be a franchise consultant. So you don't find that a lot. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, if I'm asking people to consider buying a franchise, <laughs> then I, I might as well own it myself because I'm, yeah, I fell in love with franchising and, and it does, you know, for me, I'd say I spend about 10% of my time on the franchisee side, but for mm -hmm. the most part, I've got good people running the businesses and it allows me to spend 90% of my time consulting, Nice, working with you know several hundred brands here that we've vetted across North America and helping my clients you know walk through a process and getting to play matchmaker, introducing them to ideas and concepts that uh, could be a good fit for them. That's awesome. I, I, got, I, I got so many questions for you, right? Because- there are a lot of people, when they think of franchising, they think of Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, and the entry point is like 500,000, a million plus, right? But you work with franchises that's not that type. That's not all retail and food-based. Tell us about the different type of franchise that you're seeing. Yeah, no, I've kind of coined the term non-food franchising because <laughs> I, what I found is 95% of people think of fast food when they think of franchising. Yeah. And 95% of people want nothing to do with food. Now there's 5% that are passionate <laughs> about food. It's not my background. To me, yeah. I have the philosophy of there are a lot of ways to make money. Some are easier than others. And to Agreed. me, I put food in that more difficult, <laughs> difficult spot. Um, so no, I, you know, and it was eye-opening to me a couple of years ago, stepping in with Shelf Genie. And I found that there really is a lot of education to be had out there that you know, outside of you know, hotels and, and food, there's a lot of other ways that franchising mm. you know, provides opportunities. And it's everything from, uh, you know, property services and home services, thinking, uh, you know, pool cleaning to home cleaning, the kitchen remodeling, wow. roofing, also insulation, all sorts of niches there too. Uh, you think about the senior population, this aging demographic, yeah. you know, so many macro trends in the favor. And in a lot of ways there, you know, whether it be in-home senior care, that's kind of what you think about. But there's a lot of other concepts, whether it be uh, like fitness, that you know, gyms that are catering just to them and what their desire is, or uh, orthopedic or mm. orthotic shoes, or um, you know, wheelchair ramps and stair lifts and wow. bathroom yeah. remodeling. So that's just a huge spot that people don't think about. Or yeah, I just did a ten-unit oil change deal uh, between Atlanta and Charlotte two weeks. Congrats. ago. Congrats! Well, thank you. No, it is a fun deal that we worked on with some great clients, and uh, you know, in this one, they use prefabricated buildings in unused parking spaces. Oh wow! Of retail shopping centers, they go about it a little bit differently. Only two percent of cars sold last year were electrics. There's still a long runway for this industry yeah. to step into. Um, you know, we've got business coaching, we've got, you know, you know, non-sexy industries like dumpsters and, uh, you know, the serve pro model, you know, yeah, like that. 
people kind of find that non-sexy to be the new sexy. I, I think coming out of COVID and uh, yeah, they're essentials. <laughs> they're essential services, and uh, you know, it, it really is fun. About eighty percent of my clients end up in the field that they never had on their radar, mm, and so it's so much fun for me to huh. take them through and show them opportunities that they say that actually makes a lot of sense. I never thought of myself being an owner in a space like that. Wow. I, I got another question. You mentioned 80% of your clients end up in non-sexy franchises. So who, who, 80% end up in a field they never thought they would be in. So, okay. So some, some of them are sexy, but a lot of them are not sexy. <laughs> so like who, who's doing this right now? Who's buying those franchises? Like, are we talking mostly baby boomers because they're like, well, you know, they, they had to retire or, or leave their job because of COVID. Are we talking more millennials? Are we talking the sandwich generation, generation X? Like, what are you seeing or the people that's like, they're gung-ho by franchising right now? You know, first off, I'd say, you know, coming out of COVID, you know, I think franchising is, is even more popular. I think a lot of people mm. are scratching that entrepreneurial ish. They're saying, if not now, when? And they yeah. want that sense of control. So we're seeing overwhelming interest. Our, our placements year to date are up 50%. Last year, Congrats. they were up over 50% over, you know, wow. during COVID. Um, so people really have that desire to have control. In some cases, work remote, not have that office environment. Um, there's also a lot of capital on the sidelines. So mm. it really spans the gam gamut. I mean, I've done placements this year with those in their 20s, late 20s, oh, wow. those in their 30s, those in their 40s, those in their 50s. I'll have to think if I've had anyone in their 60s. I've had clients in their 60s for sure. Um, and so really, it's across the board. And it, there are two types we call you know, one is owner operators where maybe they're yeah. leaving their full-time job and they're going to come in and run in the business, you know, while they work on the business. Yeah. The other term that we use is semi-absentee or, or semi-passive. And that is a model where in a lot of cases, I'd say on average, you're, you're putting in a little more work up front, getting it off the yeah. ground, getting the right foundation. Yeah. But then once you've got that GM that that's trustworthy, that you feel good about, that's going to carry the business forward, you might be able to default to even 10 hours a week. I always say if it takes you, if you think it's going to be 10 hours, it's probably going to be 15. I mean, I always take a little <laughs> bit longer, but um, there are models that, to get that side hustle going that maybe you get it going, you get a few territories or locations, and then you yeah. can step into a full time down the road. So that's very, the last couple of placements I've done in, in the last few weeks have been semi, semi absentee. Semi -absent. I, I got a question on that. And, um, right, let's say, for example, and all the entrepreneurs out there probably thinking about that. Okay. I run my own business, but I, I like this franchise model because it could complement what I'm already doing. And I go ahead and invest and get, and get it. What would you say is you've seen the time frame to build that foundation, hiring the right teams, having the GM in place and said, okay, I'm going to put my sweat and tears into this for the next 90s, 180 days, whatever that is. And then be able to go from that to slowly remove myself. Like, it's, do you, have you seen a common time frame between that for that semi-absentee to happen? Yeah, you know, it's hard to say exactly. I think of it, I've got a client over in South Carolina. He's the largest two-men-in-a-truck franchisee, operates mm. in nine or 10 markets, 39 years old, has really done well, uh, pretty fast. He and I did two deals together last year where he took a young guy and his organization gave him, yeah. in this case, gave him a very generous amount of equity, sent him off to Charleston or, you know, Columbia and said, hey, go run this business, make us proud. It's nice. Since then on both of those deals that they've come back and bought additional territories since then. So, I mean, the business is growing, it's thriving. Uh, for awesome. him, he didn't, he didn't have to put in much work because these were GMs that he already knew that he also, 
incentivized in the proper way. Yeah. You know, in other cases, I mean, for, so like I said, we're, we're franchisees here in Atlanta of a few different businesses. You know, we had to replace our GM a couple months ago. And that mm. was a painful process. Of we, course. We, thought, we thought he was the guy and he ended up not being the guy. And we probably discovered it later than we should have. Yeah. Um, it's a lesson learned there. But, uh, you know, I, I'd say it, so it really depends on having that right, that right person. And uh, mm. you may have to cycle through two or three before you find the one that's going to take you. That's going to really do it. Yeah. Got it. Now, now, you mentioned something as well, right? With all these people buying franchises, how the financing is, <laughs> you know, that's a big question people are asking. Okay, are they using their own saving? Is it 401k? You know, is it the SBA? What's happening there? Yeah, and I'll start off by saying, you know, just to help set the context, I'd say the majority of the deals I do end up being from an all-in investment standpoint, probably somewhere between 125 and 300. I'd say that's, that's the right. general range. And then we have some that are higher, some that are lower. Um, but that, that's probably the sweet spot with many of them falling that 150 to two, 200 range. So just a level set. Um, there are multiple ways that people go about funding them. One, yeah. um, in some cases they self-fund, uh, you know, that's always nice. Um, but the SBA program, you know, believe it or not, gotcha. the still support small businesses. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and uh, so the SBA, there's several different flavors of SBA loans. We've got a great funding partner that works with a lot of my clients to kind of take them through that process. Nice. Uh, so SBA is very common. You're still putting down probably 25, 30%. You know, you, yeah. you want to make sure you're not totally, you know, that you're in a position to buy a business. And I'd say if your net worth today is below a hundred thousand or below 150, um, yeah, may not probably, be right probably may make sense to wait a little bit longer. Gotcha. Just being candid. Um, but, you know, a lot of folks are above that and, and are in the market. So SBA is common. Uh, for those that have built up 401ks and IRAs, retirement accounts, mm-hmm. there's a way to tap into those without getting an early withdrawal pen- penalty. Mm. It's called a ROBS program, R-O-B-S. You establish yourself as a C-Corp. You have to check a few boxes, but that, that's gotcha. a common way. Um, you know, for those that have, you know, you got pretty hefty brokerage accounts, outside yeah. of retirement. There's also a portfolio loan program that's really attractive too. I won't get into all the details here, but you know, that or a HELOC, you know, unlocking the equity. Gotcha. There's so there are options. There are different options that are available to get these done. That's awesome. Now, sometimes I, I, I hear this starts, uh, and maybe you could clarify a little bit more. So, um, the big difference between buying a business outright or buying a franchise, right? Some people say, hey, Buying a business is one of the best way to go um, because, you know, you don't have to worry about anything, but buying a franchise, you get the model, you know, that's a proven model already. Like, what are your thoughts? Is there some pros and cons to the franchising and buying a business? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of my clients have to tell them, you know, like I'm a member of the entrepreneurs organization. There are some clients I have in there that I've had to say, you're too entrepreneurial. You want to put your thumbprints (laughs) all over it. I don't think franchising is for you. But a lot of them in turn have said, hey, I've done the hard work to build up a million dollar plus business. Yeah. I love the idea of not having to re, you know, reinvent a wheel and start from scratch. So, um, you know, I'd say that the, the cons of franchising could be seen that you have to stay within the lines. I mean, it, it could gotcha. be wide boundaries, but you can't degrade the brand. You can't do anything too crazy, you know, and, you know, you are limited to the territories and the locations you bought it into. Um, however, the pros, in, in my humble opinion, definitely outweigh the cons. You, know, mm. you start out, you've got a playbook. You know, they, they, things have been tested, marketing yeah. have been tried, and you know kind of 
you start on third base instead of first base to be gotcha you know where the customer is going to come from because you already know what to do to get the customers yeah you know how to hire because it's already written out for you okay this is what you need to do one two three to hire the right people you've got the systems you've got the marketing collateral you've got a franchisor on the sidelines that i think of Mm -hmm. as a coach you know you're in business for yourself not by yourself the better the better they do and you also have franchisees around the country that uh you know, you're trading best practices and learnings and you're cheering for each other because again, you're incented mm-hmm. that the stronger they make the brand in their market, the better it is for you yeah. as well. And, and this is really interesting, Jolbert. Um, there was a study recently by the Rinker School of Business where they looked at about a little over 2000 transactions over the past 10 years of mm-hmm. business exits. And they looked at non-franchise versus franchise and in similar industries. And what they found was, and this is really eye-opening, Franchise businesses traded at a multiple one and a half times higher than oh, wow. franchised. And so, you know, whether it be individuals seeing the value there or in a yeah. lot of cases, private equity at the franchisor level, I, I get calls every day from private equity firms saying, hey, what are you seeing out there? Yeah. Because private equity loves franchising. Huh. Just today, uh, uh, Eagle Merchant Partners, an Atlanta-based private equity firm, completed their transaction on a... Uh, Code Ninjas, which is a wow. STEM, STEM, you know, coding, you know, p- technology program for kids, you know, it, it, training. So it's a wide array. People love their kids. They love their pets. They'll spin up. Yeah. Their, they love their homes. And the recurring revenues coming in. <laughs> wow. 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 So, wow. Um, now, if somebody want to work with you and say, okay, you're my guy that can help me through this franchising process, um, not only because you, you have franchises, but you know, you're a consultant and edit. What's that process look like? Yeah, no, great question. And so we, I'm affiliated with the FCC. It's the largest brokerage in the country. So I get access mm-hmm. to all the different development groups, all the emerging brands out there. And I get really get to vet them and pick the ones I want to, you know, really target and, and um, you know, where I get the relationship with the franchisors and such. So, so we start out with a vetted pool of businesses. Um, the process is entirely free. It's a great model. I get paid by the franchisors on the back end for the sales and marketing expense. None of that gets passed on to my clients in any form or fashion. The franchise fee is a franchise fee. Um, and so what it looks like is, you know, hopping on a quick consultation call, you know, mm-hmm. let me ask some leading questions. You know, I, I've, I've done enough placements with people across the country. I kind of can quickly get to a profile of what I know resonates with similar type people. Yeah. And then I, you know, I need some data points from you as well. Then I take that, also have you fill out a questionnaire, takes under 10 minutes, things you like, things you don't like, financial profile, you know, I take that input. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I probably start out with about 15 brands in mind of, you know, given your market, given your setup, these are things that could resonate. I go back, I work with the franchisors on what, what's available territory wise and, you know, gotcha. in your market. Uh, and then from there, you know, probably narrow it down to, ultimately we get down to around six or seven that I feel are the best opportunities for you to consider. And we get on a webinar, a Zoom call where I share my screen and we walk through mm-hmm. the websites, talk about the businesses and opportunities. And then uh, from there, try and narrow it down to two or three for you to actually have a conversation with the franchisor. So I'll set that up. Nice. Uh, after that call, you may say, hey, that's different than how you described it, John. That's not for me. And you know, we'll say, all right, well, you know, what did you learn from that that we can now yeah. apply to to the next another one. brand so yeah we can so it's somewhat of an iterative process it can be an edu- definitely an educational process because you're building this framework and this lens for evaluating different business opportunities yeah pros and cons of each how do they compare and contrast it gives you good questions to ask 
And I kind of hold your hand through the process, serve as a sounding board as we continue those conversations with the franchise brands, um, walking you through their process. Now, what would you say is the the average time frame, right? Somebody have that first conversation with you to they're locked it in and you know got their first franchise. Ninety days, a year. I know it it varies per different person. Yeah, I'd say from uh, initial call with me to signing the franchise agreement, probably on average 60 days, but we certainly do some a good bit oh. faster and we do some that, you know, take longer than Takes that. Longer. I'd say on average, probably about a two month process uh, to get everything in order. And, you know, I've got a great franchise attorney that we can use to, to review it with you, the agreement, you know, the funding sources. Um, you know, but those are just pieces you have to put into place. Great thing is I mean, the goal is for you to be as eyes open mm. going into making that decision of whether to sign or not as possible. So you get the franchise disclosure document, everything yeah. you could ever want to know about the business. You get the, um, you get an opportunity to do what we call validation, talking to other franchise owners in that brand, hearing about their experience, they can share, open up their books. Mm. Um, we really want you to, to feel good, you know, about the prospects that business gotcha. before you sign. Yeah. Good, good. Wow. This was fantastic. Oh my. Now, I got so many more questions, but I think since we're kind of winding it down, I'd like to know as a business owner, as a franchise owner, what is that one tip that you would like to share with, with all the entrepreneurs out there that's going to listen to this? Yeah. You know, I think it's activity, uh, get out there, get active. Um, you know, don't sit there contemplating a or B it's when you start moving towards a or B that option C comes mm. out of left field. And I've just seen it in my career. I've seen it in those of, clients and friends of mine that, you know, once you get in the game, good things start happening. So I, I'd say stay active and focus on what those high payoff activities are for you. You can't do everything. Learn to say no. That's, yeah. something, I, that's something I'm relearning every day, Julbert, but, you know, three young kids, you know, I'm doing my best to say to notice. <laughs> I can, and I'm still, still overwhelmed at times, but um, yeah, I'd say stay active and, and focus on those high payoff activities. What's going to have the biggest bang for the buck and biggest result. That's awesome. Guys, you heard it here first. Please reach out to John. What's the best way people can get in touch with you? Yeah, I would love to connect. Hop on a quick call. Uh, my website is franbridgeconsulting.com, F-R-A-N, bridgeconsulting.com. Uh, ping me at john at franbridgeconsulting.com. No H, just J-O-N, franbridgeconsulting.com. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and I uh, would love to engage. Fantastic. Guys, please reach out to John and definitely get your franchise. All right. Have an amazing day. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by the LinkedIn Online Accelerator Bundle. If you are on LinkedIn and you know your clients are on there, you've been trying so hard, connecting with them, posting, and it has not been working, this program is for you. This is an online course that will teach you step-by-step -step on how to make LinkedIn work for you, where you can turn your connections into actual clients. If you're looking to grow your business from five figures to multiple six figures, take advantage of the LinkedIn Accelerator Bundle. Go to abrahamglobal.com forward slash fire, F-I-R-E, abrahamglobal.com forward slash fire, F-I-R-E to take advantage of this special offer just for our listeners. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Tips. 
for more. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and connect on LinkedIn and Instagram at Jeff Abe Online. And check out our website at www.abrahamglobal.com.